Hey everyone, and welcome to Breakdown to Wake Up, a show dedicated to sharing personal journeys of men and women who have traversed through mazes of uncertainty, dark clouds, and dishonoring themselves, and the lessons they've learned along this path of who they really are, and what one can accomplish in our own self-discovery. In sharing these stories, we touch, move, and inspire with a keen understanding that you too can transform your life from frustration, ill health, and the darkest steps to abundance, health, and joy. I'm your host, Jocelyn Bellows, and as a writing coach, I work with men and women to break through the BS of their lives to find their own voice. If you too are ready to get the book out of your head and onto the page, I'd love to hear from you and can be found at jocelynbellows.com. And if you're joining us on YouTube, please like and subscribe to my page. My guest today is Dana Parker. Dana is the creator of the coaching model, which prompted the framework for the empowerment cycle. She's a highly qualified life coach with over a decade of experience in coaching thousands of clients all over the world. She specializes in navigating life life change, teaching people tools of emotional resilience. She has experience in spreading emotional education as a spiritual practice, as a spiritual practice, specifically through her development of educational materials, public speaking, and her work through thought through a thought leader. She is the voice of the inner world movement and looks forward to future speaking engagements on online courses, retreats, and more, and can be found at innerworldmovement.com. However, what I really want to stress even more so is she has gone through her own journey, which has prompted her and allowed her to become a voice for those whose, whose voice are still silent. And we'll be back with Dana in just a moment. Hey, Dana, welcome. Hi. (laughs) Hello, it gave me chills. I was just sharing this with with you before we went on air. I have, I actually am really not, I've had a really tough day. I'm not, and not tough day, just I don't feel great. And you've just really helped to shift me. So thank you for that. Yay. Uh, But I really want to um, start, head right in, right? The the show is called Breakdown to Wake Up. And you know, yes, you have been an incredible coach for so many, helping them to unlock unlock what's going on inside of them. But that didn't start from just having it. Yes, you had your intuitive knowledge, but it was your own journey. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. Let's start right there. What was your breaking point? Yeah, I. This is such a good question. I think you know. <clears throat> I think it's a normal experience to have you know, several over, over time, especially for those of us who are really doing the inner work and looking at within and, and, you know, going through our processes. But the one I think I really want to focus on most is the most recent, hmm. the most recent, cause it's the most fresh. I believe it will be the most powerfully engaging for myself, my heart to share. So, um, and it's been a journey. I, I even look back and I'm like, that was wild. I, I, I'm like, I can't even, is this real life? Is what I'm thinking. <laughs> is it here? Is it happening? Yeah. Is it happening? Is this, it's happening what? in 3D. So we don't yeah. even know what's happening in the 5D. Right. It's happening in the yes. 3D. <laughs> right. So in, um, in 2016, I actually went to an, a personal development event. And I love personal development. I've been in, in the world, per, world of personal development, going to different seminars and things for 12 years. And I... I believe I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning. I love gathering tools and I love teaching people. Um, and in 2016, I had this, this moment where I recognized um, I had built a life based on what everyone else told me I should and had this wake up 
moment of, oh, I have been listening to everyone else's voices. And um, in that moment, recognizing that one, I was a people pleaser and two, um, I was a perfectionist. I decided now I'm a recovering people pleaser, and recovering perfectionist. Um, I decided into a new affirmation, a new way of, of um, really living. And the phrase was, I honor my sparkly heart. And it's one of my most favorites. I love that. <laughs> I honor my sparkling heart. Please. Yes. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, I, I just, I've always had this huge heart. I've always wanted to do good and make a difference in the world. And, um, and I, I ultimately want joy. I want, I, there's actually, when I came down to it, I want a joy filled, fulfilling, magical life. And I, I really figured the foundation of that has to be me honoring what I feel is best for my life. And mm -hmm. I had no clue in that moment in 2016 when I made that one affirmation that I said, okay, I'm going to live by this and I'm going to implement these different things to live by this idea now. I had no clue where it was going to lead me. And I, I'm actually still in this place of, like I said, kind of shock of, wow, I cannot believe I did that and let go of all of that. So what happened is it took me down this series of, of understanding where I've defined myself, things that have defined me and things. Um, and I started to have some really interesting experiences. Um, can, I, I, can I get some yeah. clarity for the audience? Yes. Can you give some, uh, give an example or two of, of both of what you've defined for yourself and what you allowed to define you? To define me. Yes. Yes. So, um, one of the big ones was religion. I allowed religion, you know, growing up here in Utah, Mormon, Mormonism is a huge, like it is, it is such a huge part of the culture here. And it's such a huge part of how people live and, and um, how I grew up. I grew up in it, was born and raised Mormon. And, um, and I defined myself by being Mormon and defined myself by obeying all the rules. Again, that perfectionism setting in of, Here's all the rules and I obeyed them to the T and I lived them to the T and um, found myself defined by that. If I don't, then I'm not, you know, worthy. I'm not lovable. I'm not, and, and I'm not enough. And recognizing those were some of the main huge beliefs that, that I define myself by that if I don't do these things, I'm the, I'm not lovable or worthy. So, or, and that's such, those are such common themes for so yes. many, I'm so glad that we're talking oh. about this. Yes, this is your journey, but I will yeah. tell you, I can relate to that myself, even though religion was necessarily wasn't mine. Um, I grew up Jewish, never identified as, um, but, but the living by the rules by society of which we were raised in. And mm -hmm. if I don't measure up in a certain way, I am not deserving of the love, the affection, the worthiness, the joy, the peace, the opportunity which yeah. is a bunch of baloney because yes, really when we start to strip those things away, I mean, first mm -hmm. of all, we're living by the rules of what someone else has, has defined for us. Exactly. Right. And that's, and they, they may be great if they fit you, but mm -hmm. when your soul is calling you forward and saying, that isn't me, mm -hmm. we have to now redefine not only ourselves, acknowledge and accept that we are worthy and loving and always have been. Yeah, exactly. 
And that journey, that journey is one that's fascinating and it sounds wonderful when you say it, but it is a, it is a hard, I call it mind fuckery. It's a total mind game and, and it really challenges things. It challenges the whole brain. It challenges all the old ideas and you're implementing new ones. And then it takes time and you need emotions, positive emotions to rewire some of those. And so there's a lot to it. And this is why I still, I still have a coach that I pay. I still have a coach I meet with every month because I am a coach and I believe in lifelong learning and I walk my talk and it's really important to me and it always will be. And so, um, that was one area also living this. Um, I was the angel child in my family. <laughs> I was, I did everything perfectly. I watched what everyone else did and what they got in trouble for. And I never did those things. And, and I earned praise, which my, one of my love languages is words. And so I earned love by being perfect in my family. And so as I left the church and as I started letting go of that, that definition of love, it was, it was earth shattering. And, you know, and take us to, to that in particular, because I, you know, I, I think ultimately many people in the audience probably have some level of understanding of what Mormonism is. And yeah. if my understanding is like when you really resign from Mormonism and, and similar to that of Jehovah's Witness, you are now ousted not just from your family, but from the community. Right. Like you're really exiled. Right. So it really depends on where you're at. I think outside of Utah, it's a little bit more free mm-hmm. and there's a little bit more freedom and, um, you know, cause there's lots of different types of people in Utah. It's a really intense experience for many of us because, um, the, you you move into a neighborhood and I would say 80 to 90% are Mormon. And so um, it is such a huge part of the culture here that it does feel like you move into a neighborhood and you're not Mormon. It does feel like you're kind of the outcast and, and, you know, things are getting better even since I was younger. I think things are moving in the right direction and people are kind of waking up to, Hey, we just need to show up in love. And, you know, my mom is a really great example. You know, some in my neighborhood, I grew up in some people, wouldn't let their kids play with other kids who weren't Mormon. And my mom was like, no, we don't do that. We, we play with everyone. And so I grew up in a little bit more of a freedom, uh, a loving place. And I was really lucky to have that. And, <clears throat> but on top of that, I, I was played the perfect child. And so it was shocking for my family. It was really hard. And actually we're still mending some of those relationships because we haven't, we haven't fully even recovered from that. Not to mention, like, you know, I, there was other things that I had to let go in my life that were hard and shocking. And um, and so because of all the change, <clears throat> because of these decisions that I made, it did, um, you know, I also quit a company that I worked for that I felt like wasn't in alignment with my core values. And that was really hard. I, that was one area of community that I was a part of that was really hard. And this was probably a definer of how you defined yourself. Yes. Now you're going to a core function of who you, who you believe you are because that was a title you carried, which also carried weight and value to who you are. Yes. So what was was the response when you decided to walk? Um, What was the response? From from my company, 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 the church, your people around you. So I think every, every time I walked, and, and again, honored my sparkly heart. I think, you know, people are shocked because I'm an all in kind of girl. Like 
when I do something, it is my whole heart. I'm all in and I make it happen. And it's just, it's a beautiful experience. And it's something that I can't help. I just, I actually kind of love it about me. And so, um, you know, leaving a community, <clears throat> I left that work community and just people just fell out, you know? And then the next community, leaving the church community, people just started falling out. Like, you know, people in my neighborhood or in my old ward no longer really talking to me much because we're not talking about callings or other things, church things. And, and it actually, here in Utah, it's, it's kind of like, if you're not, if you're not Mormon, what can happen is there can be a lack of trust of, Oh, you're not one of us anymore mm -hmm. on an, on a subconscious level. I really do believe that. I don't believe on a conscious level. People are purposely choosing into that for the majority here. Mm -hmm. I want to be honest about how it all functions, but um, I think on a subconscious level, there's a lot um, of, of distrust for people who are not LDS with good reason, but um, it's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's us versus them. Kind of and then, but for you to get really to, a, I love to get to a personal level and I, and thank yeah. you for, and thank you for that clarity that helps yeah. for the audience. Um, but for you, you, you continue to take steps in a direction that honored your sparkly heart, which I'm going to, yeah. I love so much. But what happens is you know, people are starting to fall away. What were you feeling on the inside? Were you starting, were you questioning? Your oh, because all of a sudden the people that were your support system, your family, your community are now no longer there. You know, it's one of those really interesting things where um, honing in on my connection to my higher power and the decisions for my life. I knew these things were right. I could feel it. Because I always ask, like, outside of everyone else's thoughts and feelings, what's true for me, what's right for me, and I brought it back to me. And I knew the, I knew the answer was. I knew that those, those things I was letting go were right. Um, so on an emotional level, um, <clears throat> the, the deepest parts of it were um, I'm unlovable, I'm rejected, I'm not enough just as I am. Um, and I'm not worthy. There's a lot of those kinds of ideas that were just running rampant. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I had, and, and I had so many tools, which is good. And I scheduled time to just cry and cry and cry. And, and I still, I still remember the feeling like so lonely that I physically ached, that I physically, my heart physically hurt because of the amount of rejection, because I'm such a connector and I'm such a, a community, community lover. Like I just want to, I just want to, I love being a part of community and to lose like a family community, a church community, work community in like six months time was devastating. And, and I still, honestly, I'm, I'm about two and a half years, two and a half, let's see, 16, and that was in 2018. We're on year three. And I'm still working through a little bit of PTSD on it because the and, emotions and are so high. Very, very similar timeline. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with my own, you know, my biggest transition was, was ending my marriage. And within weeks of that, my awakening began. Now, yeah. I look back and say, I can't believe, I cannot believe the ground that has covered what I have learned about myself in this process and this journey and, and really three short years mm -hmm. and the, the tears, the ache, the heartache, yeah. the heartbreak, and oh. the amazing joys, yeah. and the wonderment, what <laughs> truly does, does, does deliver to you 
Right. What are you? Because you've chosen yourself. You've chosen to be awake and open to the unknown. But having that knowing deep yeah. within your being that you know that you're making decisions that are aligned with you. It means that, yes, people are going to fall away. Ideas and concepts yeah. are going to fall away because they aren't serving your growth and your future. So, so there's so much bravery and brevity yeah. to yeah. walk into that next version of you. Mm, I'm just going to suck that in. Those are words I love to hear and words that I feed myself and words that I wish, you know, there's still part of me that wishes I could hear that from um, people that I love most, you know, and, but to hear it from you, I just, thank you. I receive it fully and I just soak it in that bravery and courage. I'm going to give you one other gift of that. Oh, those are the words that you get to say to yourself because you get to be the one that loves yourself the most. A hundred percent. I agree. And, and these are, these are tools that we can share with our own clients. And I know you yeah. do. I know I do too. And yes, we need to be reminded of that ourselves. Absolutely. Here's the camera. So my mala is on my, is on my wrist rather than. I love it. But this, when I built this, when I, when, you know, as you put intentions in, my intention was, I am my own guru. Mm. I am my own best love. And we all get to do that for ourselves. But it means that sometimes we have to let go of people that we thought we loved, of the life that we thought we loved, Mm. of the idea of what we thought life was going to be to accept Mm -hmm. and learn what it is here, right here, right now. So true. I agree. I love that. So continue. Mm-hmm. You're making more and more decisions. Yeah. You're, you're sloughing off the dead skin. Yeah. So within the next, let's see, that happened in about six. So within three to four months, I then realized <clears throat> and realized it's actually time to let go of my marriage and that it wasn't a fit for me and it wasn't a match for me. And, <clears throat> you know, all these decisions. All, to all the people outside of me looked uh, probably looked rash and quick because I didn't talk to anyone. Normally I'm right. I'm talking to everyone. What do you think? What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And, and I didn't do that with any of this. It's like, no, what does my heart say? What do I say about my life and what I'm creating? And so um, nobody really saw it coming and, and, you know, outside looking in, I think it looks like a really great marriage. And, you know, the thing that I think we all can learn from this is you don't really know what's going behind, going on behind the doors. You don't. You don't know what's going on um, on a private level. You never know with somebody. And so, um, you know, letting that go, I, I'd worked through a lot of my own emotions of hurt and betrayal and all the emotions that can come from a, a relationship that's not working. And I... Previous to this, I wasn't sure what the outcome would be as I worked through the emotions. I just knew I needed healing because of how I felt previously. And so I, previous to making this decision, I had worked through a lot of those emotions because I wanted to make the decision from a, a grounded space, a neutral space, you know? And so I hit this point where I knew it was time to really have a, have a clear check-in on is, is this marriage right for me long-term big picture with where I'm headed? 
And it was clear as day for me, the feeling in my heart that it was time to be done. And um, that's never an easy conversation or an easy decision to make. But when I knew that it was vital, vital to my progress, vital to what I'm creating, what I'm doing, the lives that I want to change. And so um, you are. Yeah. And so uh, I made that decision and um, it, the, the side effects of everyone else's opinions and everyone else's life, lives that, that were in my world and sphere of family um, was probably the hardest to handle. You know, people not talking to me anymore or, or you know, cutting themselves kind of out of my life and people feeling like, who are you, Dana? We don't even know you, you know? Those are hard conversations to be having with people that you love that feel really hurt by your personal decisions and you honoring your heart, you know? Those are those are devastating at times. And, and they can be devastating for the immediacy and it can be just devastating for many years. Yeah. Um, because there is that PTSD that comes with it. I know right. um, in my own, you again, very similar. Um, when I moved across country from Pennsylvania to Colorado, where I call home now, somehow, and this is before I even, even had a, an inkling that I was leaving my marriage. I knew there were people I was leaving behind. I yeah. knew it. And I yeah. knew that I was done with the toxicity that they were toxic for me. I'm not saying that they yeah. were toxic. They were toxic for my growth. And I said, no more. Mm. Um, and here we are just days after uh, Mother's Day, right? We were yeah. just talking about this earlier. Um, to just take a, a line here, you know, painting this picture of what we were taught of what the perfect life was meant to be of you grow up, you have a job, you get married, you have a family. Yeah. And now you and I have both made these decisions to say family looks different. Right. And accepting that it looks different and still, I don't know for you, I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. There are still twinges of me saying, am I providing for my child the life that oh, yeah. I wanted for him? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I absolutely experienced that. Yep. Experience that 100%, that questioning. And I don't know that that ever goes away in motherhood. I just think that's one of those things where you just got to do your best. And I just know I want to be a living example to my boys because they will do what I do, not what I say. And so I'm going to be a living example of following and honoring my heart and living my dreams to the best of my ability. And that's the best I can do as a mom and to teach them to the best, best of my ability. But I mean, how many of us do what our parents said versus do what our parents did? You know, we do what our parents did. And so that's why I, I'm really committed to being a living example to the best of my ability. And I've already seen the ripple effects in my children. And and I want to take that to another step too, because I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We do what our parents did. But there's also and there's also opportunity to break the cycle. Yeah. Yes. Our parents did that don't that don't suit us, you know. Yeah. And, and you're, you're again, you've got this you have your own living example of this. Your your family chose to maintain um in the community that you you decided wasn't a fit for you right yep and yes exactly. and yet what i love and you shared this earlier and i'm going to bring this through as a, mm -hmm. a red thread 
when your mom with your mom saying that yes, just play with children because they're children. Mm-hmm. There was an example of your mom and you honoring that right. within your own. Yeah, that's beautifully said. I actually really appreciate that thread. Yeah. That's a beautiful perspective that I appreciate from my mom. Sometimes we, it's, yeah, and I don't know, I don't pretend to know where you are on your healing journey with that relationship. Um, I imagine, you know, given some of the choices you've made, it may be not quite as as um, simple as some of us who have more simplified yeah. Right. Yeah, just a little more complex. Yes. We're yeah. both committed to love and forgiveness. And we know it's going to be messy. Oh. You know? And can I speak to that for a minute? So yes. I, I, yes. I was actually, yes, go for it. Yes, please. Yeah. Do. Yeah. I noticed uh, for me because I easily forgive and I easily can get to this place where I can mentally talk myself into, okay, my mom has never, my parents, my family, they've never experienced somebody who's been in a divorce. I'm the first in the family. And um, they've, they've never navigated this. They've never navigated somebody who left the church like this. Um, <clears throat> and so what I found myself doing at first was saying, you know, they've never done this before. I, I should forgive them and, and I shouldn't feel the way that I feel. And I found it really interesting. And one day I took a step back and I was like, no, that actually both matter. And I think it's really important to share because, you know, me, I've, I've been doing these tools for using these different tools of emotional education for years and I fell into it. And so um, for anyone listening that maybe has that experience where it's easy to, you're quick to forgive and you're quick to jump into, here's why they did that and it's okay. Um, I started to use, I forgive you instead of it's okay. I started to say, you know what? Yes, this is the first time and it's messy and they don't really know what they're doing and they're doing their best. And I'm hurt and I feel betrayed and I feel like I am not loved and I feel rejected and that matters too. And so honoring and loving and offering compassion to those hurt parts of me and forgiving are both important. And just because I I acknowledge this part that's hurt and feels betrayed doesn't mean that I don't forgive. I think that's really important to note and to, to recognize. I, I want to add to that. Um, because I think it's along the same thread. And this has been, I, I think, you know, I know that this has been um, a theme that I've been running a lot of this year is extending compassion. Yeah. So you're extending compassion to your own wounds. Yeah. And by doing so, not, I mean, yes, first and foremost, you're healing yourself and you're, you're allowing healing energetically to those around you, even if you're not in physical, in, in physical contact or in communication, yeah. there mm-hmm. is that energetic healing that's happening. Mm-hmm. So the more we extend that compassion to yeah. our own being, yeah. we, are, we are once again returning to love. Okay. And that's real healing. Whereas if I were to deny that real hurt part of me because I need to forgive, then this doesn't this doesn't feel suffice. It doesn't feel validated and loved. And there's there's actually it's not real healing. It's not going to be a thorough healing. Um, both matter. And so recognizing that, I agree. Extending that self compassion for your own wounds and for others yeah. is vital. I, and I think this might be a really good time. But we have a few minutes left to to transition yeah. just a little. So yeah. your business is called Inner World Movement. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I feel that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about our inner world and healing that's our so inner being. Yeah. What is inner world movement? What is that for you? Mm. What, are you what are you creating yeah. for others? I love it. Inner world movement is a platform. It's all about inner world healing for outer world results. And I, I'm a huge believer, and I've seen this in my actual life on my journey, that if we want if we want more joy, more happiness, peaceful relationships, um, better health, better bodies, whatever our goals are, whatever our dreams are, those results we're looking to experience, it starts here. There's healing that's calling. It's calling for your attention within you. And so going within and doing that work, um, you know, you can actually work your way there just by actions and willpower, but it's one of the hardest ways and it's gonna take way more energy and actually getting your emotions and your energy and your thoughts in alignment with your outcomes that you want. And so helping people align every part of them to those outcomes is a really big part of the inner world movement. And, you know, there's lots of ways we can go about doing that. Um, group coaching, we have a, a new group coaching program. That's our, I'm so excited about. It's a foundational Yes. What have we? What's the name of the the program? The name is Reclaim You. Reclaim You. Love it. Yeah. I love it. I have so many. I'm taking Reclaim You. I'm I'm honoring your sparkly heart. I love those both. But I'm so glad. Reclaim You. What is what is so you? What's the intention? Yeah. Thank you so much. You Y O U is your own universe. So reclaim your own universe. And so I think foundationally. And this whole time, what I've been talking about, right, is coming back to you. And I think so many of us are looking outside of us for answers for our life. And so the whole program is helping people come back to them, come back to themselves, their truth, their heart, and stepping into that empowerment that I think is foundational for healing, foundational for creating a life you were born to love. And so... Um, it's going to be a three month course. We're launching in September and we will be enrolling soon uh, for that. We're going to have some early bird specials and fun things going on. So, Oh, that's amazing. And where can people find out more about you? Yeah, they can find more, more about us at innerworldmovement.com. And that's one of the best places we're going to be posting on there or Instagram at innerworldmovement or uh, my Instagram is innerworld.dana. So those are the places you can find more information about us. Amazing. Dana, thank you. We are already at, we are actually a little over time and that happens sometimes. Okay. Um, but thank you so, so much for being part of the show today. Um, for those of you who have tuned in and those of you who are listening on the replay, you can find more about Dana and uh, Reclaim You, which sounds amazing, um, at innerworldmovement.com. Um, and you can find out, and that will also be included in the show notes. So thank you all for being part of the show today and joining. And Dana, continue. Please continue to shine your loving, mm. awesome, and honor your sparkly heart. <laughs> Thank you. Mm.